what makes the good life the good life. This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us as we explore the hidden gems of rural life, the growing entrepreneurial opportunities, and share some of the most interesting stories you may not have heard. Venture to all four corners of York County as we chat with some of the best people the heartland has to offer. Because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County. Today I am here with Chris Bowler. Uh, Chris currently lives in Henderson, Nebraska, uh, but he is also a Henderson grad. Uh, he left and you know came back uh, through his time with education, um, you know going to university and college and everything like that. Uh, he currently works at Cornerstone Bank as their general counsel, um, doing all that lawyer legal legal fun stuff. Um, I'm very interested in this conversation today with Chris. Chris was one of the first people that I kind of got to know when I worked at Cornerstone Bank. Um, he's always stopped by the teller line to say hello, and so I kind of got got to know a little bit about him. And so I'm very interested to learn a little bit more about um, him and his journey. So. Um, from being, you know, his journey from, um, you know, in Henderson to, you know, being the individual today. So thanks for coming on to the show, Chris. Thank you. Glad to be here. Perfect. So talk me, talk to me a little bit about your time growing up in Henderson and, um, you know, how you decided to, um, you know, choose your university and where you decided to go. Sure. Well, yeah. So uh, born and raised in Henderson, family on both sides is, is part of the Russian Mennonite uh, Henderson community, so we're pretty tied to the community in that way. Um, yeah, I grew up, uh, my dad farmed when I was real young, and then um, kind of through the farm crisis, got out of farming and uh, uh, made his side business his full-time business, which was uh, working on go-karts and motorcycles and that kind of thing, and eventually that became a, a manufacturing business for go-karts, oh, and so cool. I grew yeah. up in the family business racing and doing all that stuff, and um, raced all over the country, and won a few national championships, and, and kind of, as a teenager, I thought I was good. Right, no, yeah, <laughs> Looking no, Looking back that's... on it now, you know, it's, whatever it is, what it is, but anyway, so I thought racing was what I wanted to do. And how young were you when you started doing that? <clears throat> well, by go-kart standards, I was actually pretty old. I didn't start till I was 11. And when, um, when, when would you say is, like... The prestige, like the, uh, the, the if if you if you're gonna make your kid the next Dale Earnhardt, right, right, four, four, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's when, when they're gonna, in when the start. wow. So I started when I was eleven, and, and yeah, and we raced all over. I mean, um, I mean, we would go California to New York following the the go kart racing series that we were running, and um, so anyway, when I graduated high school, I always wanted to do something in the racing industry, and Clemson University has a uh, what they call motorsports engineering is a mechanical engineering degree, and then it kind of I don't know what the other part of it was that made it motorsports. I think they had like a partnership with BMW to do automotive engineering or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I went out to Clemson to do that and um, found out quickly I was either not going to be a very good engineer or I needed to stop mountain biking and. <laughs> And study more. <laughs> Enjoying that, the outdoors yeah. of North, uh, South Carolina. South Carolina, yeah. yeah. My uh, apartment was six miles from the mountains, and I had a mountain bike. Uh, so yeah. Hard to resist that urge. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So when I found out that I was definitely not going to be an engineer, or at least not be a good engineer, um, transferred back here and went to the university and um, ended up getting a, a psych degree and an English minor and graduating and realizing... Hey, wait! Those aren't super marketable 
<laughs> supermarket. Not everyone's yeah. like trying to hire a psych major left and yeah. right. So yeah, so from there I kind of had to decide what was next. Kind of settled on law school, and still not really with a plan. You know, I don't know if anybody has a plan. For I'm gonna life. be a lawyer. Huh? Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be a lawyer, and then I, I didn't even know what that meant. You know, right. Like, I didn't have a plan for where I was going to work or what kind of work I wanted to do. I had, um, through college, I'd worked for Visinet a little bit, which we did was like a subcontractor for Child Protective Services. Okay. So I liked juvenile work. I mm-hmm. thought that was something I would be interested in. and um, But I mean, I didn't know that I had a career path with it or necessarily. So. And where did you choose for law school? Valparaiso University. And in that's Val- Indiana? Valparaiso, Indiana, Chicago suburbs. Um, actually the most infamous law school in America at the moment because they're closing this year. Oh, wow. They, they went out. My law school went out of business. Oh, man. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, that's that's a whole other story, I think. Might have to auction off your uh, diploma. To, yeah. As like, like a, a relic. just like white out the name <laughs> sub, sub in one that still exists. Or yeah. Um, so yeah, I went to law school. It's a private Lutheran school up there. And... Um, yeah, I actually had planned on staying in the Chicago area. I actually had a job lined up to do, see this was 2008, so the height of the mortgage crisis and uh, the decimation of the legal industry. I mean, there was no jobs to be had. And I actually had found a, a, a lead there. It was probably going to turn into a job doing mortgage workouts mm-hmm. for a firm uh, that was in Indianapolis and Chicago. And my wife ended up getting into graduate school and getting a grant through the university and I think the state of Nebraska and state of Wyoming to basically like, I don't want to say like a full ride, but like basically her tuition was paid for to go Mm -hmm. to graduate school to be an early childhood special educator. And like we couldn't turn that down. It was just such a cool opportunity. And to... For her part of the grant, she had to work in the state for five years. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of knew if she's taking that job, we're, we're going to be back in Nebraska. Yep. So I don't know. I guess the Lord opens doors. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of mm-hmm. didn't really have a plan, and the plan was made for us. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, yeah, so we moved back here, and I ended up at the last minute sitting for the Nebraska bar because um, I hadn't planned on. And... Um, took a job in Aurora while she was going to graduate school. And so she did that for the first three years we were back here and while I was starting my practice in Aurora. And, uh, yeah, worked there for, I think it was about three years, three and a half years at uh, Whitney Newman Mercenado over in Aurora, kind of doing just general civil, you know, whatever works right. in the door, small town kind of legal work. I'm going to try and stump you a little bit and see how much you can remember about mm. your... Um, Times at Clemson and Valparaiso. I just have a couple trivia questions here. Okay. Um, do you do you know the previous name of Valparaiso University Law School? With oh. it going out of, I guess going out now. What oh, was it man. previously known as? No. The Northern Indiana School of Law. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that. Yeah. Didn't okay. know that. Didn't know that. Va- what's the Valparaiso mascot? That's the Crusaders. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know that one either. Yeah. Yep. Um. Still a helpful basketball fan. So okay. I, I got that one. Follow that one. Yeah. Still free. How are they doing? Are they going to have uh, a team? This, this year, year, they're not so great. Okay. They, um, the, so Valpo always had Homer Drew as their historic coach, and he was mm-hmm. really great, and they dominated the 
bottom tier league that they were in forever and ever and kind of had the famous run in 98 in the tournament to the Sweet 16 and whatever. So then his son Bryce Drew came back and coached him, and they were really good the last couple of years. He moved on to Vanderbilt, and at the same time they moved up to like a higher tier. I don't even know which league they're in. I think it's the Horizon League now. Okay. Anyway, yeah, they went from being like, Top of yeah, whatever, big fish too. in a small pond, and now just being kind of a all right, yep. major. So yeah, they're having a tough go at the moment. But that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Valpo is usually the baseball. They're usually is that Valpo, the is that them baseball Valparaiso? I don't or? know. Yeah, they might have a good baseball I team. Yeah, I, I guess I've followed that. Um, all right, so Clemson. Now we got a couple of questions about. I have a feeling you might get this one. What was the name of the lake that borders campus? Right, um, right there. Yeah. The oh my edge. gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on this because uh, it's I had so to, many activities. I had to swim it <laughs> once <laughs> because we were mountain biking on the other side of the lake, and the sun went down, and we could not find the trail, but we could see the lights of campus, and so we literally swam with our mountain bikes across. I don't know how long it was. It was way farther. I was going to say that's probably a lot farther. Uh, Oh my I was gosh. looking online. It's like a ten-acre lake. So yeah, it's, yeah huge. it's it had to be. I can't believe I'm forgetting the name right now. Lake Hartwell. Hartwell. There you go. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's probably Golly. right on the tip. Yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah. like uh, quite the blast. I saw like pictures of people snowboarding the uh, dikes uh, along the edge there. Yeah. Of Lake Hartwell, when you get snow and stuff like that. So. They did not get much snow. There was this uh, <laughs> dam on the side of it where we ride mountain bikes, and it's this like concrete like 45 degree angle and it goes down probably i don't know 60 or 70 feet and people would go and like slide down that thing like on cardboard or <laughs> sleds or something like that into the lake and i there's no way i was ever going to do that it's crazy i wasn't going to do that crazy i no, was just going to mountain bike through the yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just asking for road rash doing that <laughs> yeah all right well i should know that yeah no um all right this one might be easy too what was the name of clemson stadium their football stadium well they call it Death Valley, but it's Memorial Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, thought that was interesting. Another Memorial Stadium out there. Growing up as a Husker fan, so right. when I was there, Clemson kind of sucked. They were yeah. okay the one they're year. They're not. They're not. Yeah. No, not what they are now. And uh, so, you know, t- I grew up in the '90s watching Nebraska football. I'm like, that's real football. And then I went for my first game there, and they're like, "Are you ready for the most exciting 25 seconds in college football?" And it's when they run down the hill. <laughs> Like, that's not even the most exciting 25 seconds of my day. Yeah, like, <laughs> like all of college football? Yeah. Uh, and now, maybe, it, yeah, you know, yeah, and now yeah. that they're dominant, it probably is a little it's more It's probably exciting. a little, that might ring a little more true with uh, <laughs> that. All right, psych, since you were a psych major, got a couple of psych questions. What is the name of that famous inkblot test? Rorschach, something like that? Yeah, Rorschach. Test. Rorschach, there you yeah. go, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Pavlov. What was Pavlov's most famous study? With the dog salivating. Yeah. Right? When you ring a bell. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 I went to a few yeah, classes. Yeah, you I did think. pay attention to At least couple. like 101 freshman year, yeah, sophomore year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you, we talked a little bit about those um, first jobs, but did you have a job like in York at the firm and then with like Nebraska Appleseed? It's like a. Um, while I was in law school, I okay. clerked for Vince Valentino and Mike Murphy and mm-hmm. Charlie Campbell here. Okay. Um, that was one summer, just a couple of cases I worked on. And then I also clerked at Nebraska Appleseed and at the ACLU in, in, in Lincoln. Okay. Uh, I think that was the same summer. I did. Actually, I think it was all three the same summer. I was going to say, yeah, you had quite a busy yeah. summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None of them really paid the bills, but it was good learning experience. Good experience. I think, That's I think ACLU was, a, was an unpaid like intern deal. 
actually, I'm pretty sure Appleseed was too. Because I so. I noticed yeah with um, because you're you volunteer with um on the board for Grace, Children Home and or did you? I or did. Did yep. I've okay. been off the board there for I think it's probably been about two years now. But yeah, I was involved with that for a while, and that was super rewarding just because of I guess I've always kind of had a soft spot soft spot for for the juvenile legal system and mm -hmm. I always tried to do some guardian litem work when I was practicing um, at the firm in Aurora and that was it was the hardest and the most rewarding work I did there super hard though I mean guardian ad litem in in juvenile abuse neglect cases is a yeah, not, I say it's a bear yeah, I'm sure yeah, the, it's bad. the things you come across if you get emotionally invested in it it'll just break your soul right so to everybody out there who does uh, Casa work or you know, guardian litem. I mean, those are like, like really solid people. Because Grace Children's Homes, that's just a, a home for like six to fourteen or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's changed a little bit since I got off the board. It was a um, congregate care, like foster services home back when I was doing it, and then the state changed their laws on, on, basically to to not favor congregate care anymore, which Epworth was was very similar to okay. what they did. And so they couldn't get DHHS referrals like they used to as they started taking probation kids. And I think it was a little different dynamic in, in the, how they had to staff it and security and that kind of stuff. And I think now they've actually gotten back into the foster system. I think they've changed their business model a little bit. Okay. But yeah, they do really good work. Really, really good work. That's really cool. Um, so your first role... Um, you know, back from Valparaiso was at Aurora. You said you were there for three and a half years. Yeah, I think how, so. How did you transition into your, I guess, at Cornerstone? What was your lead into that? And then, um, you know, how has how has your role kind of progressed? You know, as you've you because you've been at Cornerstone for almost eight years now, yeah, seven years. Yeah. Seven, so yeah, uh, be eight eight in March. So yeah. that's coming up. Um, boy, I have no idea. You know, I think it goes back to. When we moved back, you know, the, the Lord kind of opens doors because um, I think, I want to say I was, I, I am friends with Corbin Tessman, who's the um, branch manager in uh, Henderson now. And I want to say, like he told me in passing that maybe they were talking about having a lawyer on staff. I, I feel like it came from him. And I have applied kind of on a whim again not really with just a plan. as a, hey I hope like to... hey I exist and yeah. you know I don't know and then they called me for an interview and still kind of like, I don't know if this is something I want to do and got a job offer it's like wow I don't know maybe it is what I want to do so mm -hmm. yeah I guess just it was a, a lucky a right lucky, just a nice yeah, little conditions tip. were right for mm -hmm. it I guess so yeah I, I certainly did not was not seeking a job in, in finance or, or in-house necessarily. and Because yeah. did you ever see yourself being in-house? In did you always see yourself, you know, starting your own practice and having your own yeah. type of... I always kind of assumed I would stay in a civil practice, and I don't know necessarily at the place I was at, but yeah, something in a small town, um, kind of picking the cases I wanted to do someday probably would have been the goal, but no, this has been, it's been an amazing experience sometimes life just happens and mm -hmm. happens for the for the good right no that's super lucky, lucky break for sure i mean because they brought me in uh they had not had in-house counsel and so uh 
like on day one, I'm doing things that, you know, no, I was probably in my 20s yet at that time, you know, no young lawyer would be even be do- doing at a big firm doing creditor's rights work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just an amazing opportunity for me to grow, you know, professionally and, and grow my skill set doing complicated and, uh, and everything was new. I mean, I was a complete novice at everything. And so, you know, on day one, you know, I'm, I'm in meetings and they're asking me, well, you know, what's, how does this work? Or what's the status of the law on this? And it's kind of like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm going to have to go research that. Right, right. <laughs> it's really funny you bring that up because I was just uh, uh, with a friend who lives in Minneapolis and he's a consultant for Deloitte. And okay. he's, yeah, 20, when he started there, he's yeah, 24, 25. <clears throat> and so he's coming into all these meetings, you know, with all these people that have, you know, 10, 15 years of experience and they're turning to him, hey, how should we solve this problem? Yeah. And he goes, I, I, yeah, no, let me just get right back to you because I, I have no idea how to solve any of that. So I it's kind I, of interesting. I decided early on, or maybe it was, I mean, I think it was a conscious decision. Like, faking it is not going to work <laughs> because you're going to be exposed. Right, someone's going to find out yeah, eventually. So, so all you can do is be honest about what you know and what you don't know and just research your tail off to try to understand the thing that you've been asked to understand and then, you know, convey it in a non, you know, not all full of legal jargon that nobody cares about that. They want right. to know, is this, you know, are we doing the right thing or whatever? So, so I, I think it was good for me to kind of figure out early on, like, fake it till you make it is not probably the way to go. <laughs> At least I can't, I can't sell it well enough. Yeah, so. I can't, I can't, I can't fake it well enough. Yeah, no, which is probably a good thing to, good trait to probably have. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to you a little bit about um, how, um, how you kind of got into cart raising. So you mentioned it a little bit. At the beginning, there is it was a kind of a family business, yeah. With like the the Buller built, is mm-hmm. and Bully Clutches, mm-hmm. I believe, is the the brand. Uh, talk a little bit about kind of how that kind of passion kind of started. You know, it's it's been the family's passion forever. My dad was a uh, fairly successful kind of semi professional motocross racer in the seventies, and that's what kind of got him started working on motorcycles. And some guys from town had go karts, and you know. He knew how to work on motorcycles, so he worked on go-karts, and um, he started kind of building that business up. So we're all kind of just gearheads and addicted to racing in general. And I I remember always wanting to race, and, and in my telling of the story, Mom didn't want me to. <laughs> now she kind of says, well, you weren't really that interested in it. So I don't know what the truth <laughs> is, but um, yeah, I finally started racing when I was 11, 12 years old, and... Um, just just loved it. I mean, that's all I ever wanted to do was race. Honestly, if I could just find a way to be at the racetrack every single weekend the rest of my life, I'd be happy. That would, that would be it. <laughs> that, would be, that would be the vacation. Yeah, which is, I, I don't know, like everything falls away when you're at the racetrack. Mm-hmm. Like there is no, um, like you don't have time to think about whatever's going on during the week or like it's just... What's due Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, and, yeah. it's just you are thinking about racing and if you're doing it right you're there with your family and your friends and you know you don't have to schedule it you're going to be with your family and your friends every Saturday night and mm-hmm. yeah just you know a little adrenaline rush goes with it so that's always good too so what was your kind of level of because I know there's different classes and everything like that how did you kind of progress through the did you ever race motorbikes was it always just kart racing kind of how did you progress through that yeah it was always pretty much go-karts um you know we always rode dirt bikes motocross growing up um but 
never raced. I shouldn't say never raced. I raced a few times. I lived in Indiana. I'm terrible at it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was it was mostly the go kart thing, and it was also kind of out of necessity. You know, with with dad's business, um, it was it was good to have a uh, a kart racing out of our shop, showing off our products, and hopefully doing well at the national events and selling product and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it was kind of marketing as much as it, it, part it's of it hobby. was marketing. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it all kind of worked out that. You know, the, the business supported the thing that we love to do, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm sure it was not a net positive for the business. I'm sure we poured more <laughs> into the racing effort than what we got. It was got. all marketing. It was, it was all, all marketing. marketing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. No, that's great. Um, so you race um, every now and again at Junction Motor Speedway, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the class that you race currently there, and have you raced any other classes? No. Uh, well, I've, so I've raced the late model for... Um, I think this was my fourth year. That's the only class I've raced. Um, the I started racing because I had been racing go-karts um, on my own uh, for a couple years, and I'd kind of gotten back up to the level that I was at before I'd gone to college or, or before I'd gone to law school and just got super burned out and super broke. And um, my brother got an opportunity to drive for uh, another guy, and so his car was sitting there. I'm like, well, I have a helmet. Can I drive it? <laughs> so, I so, know how to drive. Yeah, kind of. Kind so of. <laughs> yeah, so I drove the family car for um, a season and a half, and then I got um, associated with Steve Wright from Benedict, who owns my car now. Oh yeah, I, I drive his car. It's right. Car. Yeah. And so I've been driving for him for three years now. So yeah, he's, he's a good one to drive for. Yeah. He's, yeah, it's he's, been he's a great guy. Yeah. It's been awesome. It's been a really really cool thing. It's been, I mean cool to get to know his family and I mean they're just high character people and they race for mm-hmm. the right reasons they mm-hmm. have they're there to have fun of course he wants right. to do well but I swear that guy has the same look on his face when I've completely destroyed his race car <laughs> and when I've won because especially on the really bad nights he'll ask me like well did you have fun tonight well yeah he goes, well good let's do it again next week yeah he's <laughs> like, just excited to be out there yeah. yeah he likes he likes to enjoy that he said one time I think I was asking him like what his expectations were or something like that. And he said, Well, I like to lean on my car and then watch it go around in circles. And I, I know he was joking, but I think there's some truth in it. Like he just loves being there and he loves being around it. And mm-hmm. he's a competitive guy, don't get me wrong, but like like he, he loves it and yeah, it's 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 been really fun being associated with him. It, he must have a really good perspective of you know, I'm gonna win some, and I'm I'm probably gonna lose more than I'm gonna win. Yeah. And but I'm I know I'm gonna have fun while I'm out here yeah. doing it. So. And and the blessing of it is, like I said, just being with family and friends. And this last summer, my brother raced at McCool also, and my cousin Todd has started racing. So the three of us are working on the cars all week. We're at the racetrack together on the weekends. My kids come out. My wife comes out. My folks are there every Saturday. And mm-hmm. I, if it wasn't for racing, I don't know what else it would be that would get us all together like that so what kind of goes into the weekly prep before the race on because oh, obviously i mean it, it all depends on how the night or the night before kind of or yeah. the weekend before kind of went but what's an average kind of like, I prep a, that goes into it an easy week is about 30 hours at the shop and if you tore the car up it's about 50 oh my every goodness. week it's a lot of work <laughs> It's insane. <laughs> just to readjust the like, so like, what are the things like readjusting tires, like readjusting the oh, chassis? Yeah. Re- I mean, 
So there's just weekly maintenance. You know, you got to check the brakes, change the oil, you know, check the carburetor, that kind of stuff. Um, mount tires each week. You mount or flip, you know, six, seven, eight tires. Mm-hmm. Um, washing the car is probably a four or five hour job. Loading, unloading the car is a three or four it's hour a process. job. So <laughs> it just kind of adds up. And Right. Yeah, and if you tear the car up at all and you got to take the body off and pound the sheet metal out or build new doors or whatever, and so... That can yeah. really add up, yeah. Yeah, you have to love it. Like, you have to love it to put up with working on them. And I don't love working on them. I mean, it's, I like being at the shop, but yeah, yeah, the, the racing is what makes it worth it. <laughs> right. right, for sure. Do you, do you have any plans to want to race anything kind of different? And do you, like, race any other tracks? Do you mainly just race um, Junction, or is there... <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, we travel a little bit. So, like, this summer we raced at North Platte, um... I-80 Speedway in Greenwood, um, Columbus, Norfolk. Where else did we go? Eh, maybe that was it. Did we go to Albion once? So we travel around a little bit, but no, I don't really have any aspirations. I kind of gave that up a long time ago. Like, I'm I'm good enough to do it, and I love it. I don't think that I'm some special talent at this point in my life, unwilling to make the sacrifices that it would take to, to move to up. To fully, yeah. yeah. I mean, so... No, I just love being out there on a Saturday night, mm-hmm. just living the dream. <laughs> no, that that's perfect. I mean, just being able to get that opportunity to spend that much time with friends and family, like yeah. you're saying, because, yeah, when you show up to a racetrack, you're there at, like, what, 5, 5.30? Yeah, we probably get there a little earlier than that, and, but, yeah. And then you're there till 2, 3 in the morning. Sometimes, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, depending on how, yeah, the night kind of went, I mean, um, well, yeah, so, I mean... Just shoot right there. That's uh, almost ten hours. You know, every weekend that you're yeah. gonna be guaranteed to be around. And the flip side of that coin is, is that you've got those thirty plus hours of the shop during the week, not with your family. So I mean, so it's <laughs> it's a sacrifice for my wife and my kids that I'm not around a lot during the week. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I have an amazing wife who puts up with my my hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> does a great job with that. Yeah, she yeah. does an amazing job. And hopefully the payoff is, you know, us being together on the weekends. And it, and you know, and that could be anything. It could be camping or softball or whatever your family's into. But for us, it's it's racing. Cool. So, Have yeah. you so kids? Do you what, any plans for them? Do they want to? Are they looking at carts? Are you like yeah, seeing? Yeah, it's gonna like, happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of trying to push the kids into dirt bikes a little bit more than cars. We've, we've got a go-kart for my daughter. Actually, I just got a go-kart for my son, too, that I'm putting together right now. I don't know that either of them are super, like, 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 like adrenaline junkie type of kids. Like, they like it. They, they, they're interested it's, in it's it. It's something fun and different right now. Yeah, yeah, but they're not living and breathing it by any means, and so I'm not pushing on them. Um, but I'm kind of hoping they kind of get into the dirt bike thing because that takes a lot less prep time, <laughs> a lot less maintenance, okay. driving, all that kind of stuff. So if they get into that, we'll do that. And if they decide they want to do baseball and dance or whatever, we'll do that, whatever they want to do. Right. Uh, you also mentioned another hobby, um, mountain biking. How often do you still get out and do that? Do you still get out to um, anywhere around here that's really good? Or is there, like, do you make trips out to... Yeah. Like Colorado or anywhere like all of the above. We uh, I go to Colorado a couple times a summer to ride and try to race that when I can, which isn't enough. A couple times a summer, it's not really a lot of places to ride here. There's a couple of trail systems around Omaha and Ashland and Platte State Park, 
Um, we've got some private land over by Henderson that I can ride at a little bit, but not enough to get as fit as I'd like to be. But <laughs> yeah, I try to do that as much as I can too. I don't like watching TV. I'm not at home much. Just not a <laughs> not a good not much of a sit down person. No, that's kind of so great. Um, have you ever done the Cowboy Trail or known anyone that's done that? No, or is I would that love on your to. list? I would love to. I'd love to do like a bike packing trip where you just do like. I don't know, 60, 70 miles a day and camp on the side of the trail. I think that'd be amazing. I've been wanting to kind of hike it, you know, from the North Fork to the Valentine area. Wow. Do a hike. That would be Just a whole week. Yeah. um, You know, take off from work, just... There's some websites out there that have, like, really good um, sort of plans if you're going to do that. Like, if you go to such and such place, this town has a motel or has a good steakhouse or whatever. Like, there's kind of a couple of... Uh, not routes, but like you know, trip yeah, these are good stopping yeah. places. You know, if you're gonna, yeah, hike I'd love this to far. do that. That would be fun. Yeah, that's that's one that's on my list as far as the state of Nebraska. Because I've the last time I was up in Valentine, I was doing a a tanking trip, obviously. Because sure. what else would you be doing yeah. up in Valentine, Nebraska? Um, but I I was up there and just the falls and everything that up that was up there along the river. Um, I would love to get back up into that kind of area. I mean, it was so peaceful to be yeah. out there and everything like that i have never been up there at least not in my adult life i'd love to see that oh that'd be cool yeah you gotta you gotta get up there that, yeah. that's a, a great place to get up to um we'll jump into the last little bit we okay. have here of our interview my rapid fire questions so i just have a couple oh, no. rapid fire questions to send at you uh, favorite restaurant in york county um, there's there a certain place that you like to go. Man, that's tough. Cause you, yeah, you you're back and forth. I mean, you're down to McCool sometimes. I would say, and say Carrie's comes to mind first, but the uh, Mexican restaurant here in town is. I mean, I would have to say Co Number One's on that. Co, both between La Cocina yeah. and um, yeah. That's and no it. disrespect to the to the new one. I just haven't been there yet. Right. La yeah. Cocina's so solid. Yeah, it's that's just, just where we go. The chips and <laughs> yeah, the margaritas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So favorite meal um, between one of those places is there. Like a go-to, like, oh, I got to oh, have burrito, burrito Colorado. Okay. Colorado burrito. Yeah. yeah. I, every time I say, I'm not going to eat that whole thing this time. And I do. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, what I love about La Casina is you, you show up with friends and they hand you the menus and you go, no, we don't need yeah. that. I know what I want. Yeah. I'm, I'm set. Yep. <laughs> uh, favorite bar to visit um, in, in York County? Um, is there like a certain... Are you um, asking the Mennonite kid about going to the bar? <laughs> <laughs> Bulldog Roadhouse, you yeah. know. Um, but Perks, I hear Perks is... Perks has, so, has got beer now. So I haven't been there a lot, although we get their pizza like every Friday. I haven't ever had their pizza. What do you... Oh, it's so good. Is it? Yeah, yeah. it's really good. You got to do it. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's to, amazing. Obviously, probably not this Friday, but it'll maybe be next Friday. I don't, I don't know, know if they're going to... open this Friday. I'm going to imagine with the holidays. I don't know. Not, but... If, if you can some Friday yeah I'm gonna need to get that so there too I'm gonna have to go co number one um uh I got a little bored this time last year and I built a bar in our shop there you go the the, <laughs> the office space in the front of our race shop is on Main Street and uh it wasn't getting used and we tried to rent it out for years and just not really getting anybody coming in wanting to start a business in there it's like well we like drinking beer, and this is a place we could do it. <laughs> so why don't we... Why don't we build one? So we've got nice. our own little uh, private man cave in the front of the race shop. And then... Uh, Heck yeah. Yeah, I would say... I, I, kinda, I like going to Chances Are over the hob, Hobnob, the hobnob. Over there. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. 
Yeah. yeah so co number ones. That's good. Yeah. Good. Good co number one. Uh, favorite memory in York County? Is there like something that you know kind of stands out to you that or co memories um, that are out there? Um, favorite memory. I mean, I gotta say, every good thing in my life has happened here. I mean, really, like, I've moved away twice, and both both times thinking I was going to not come back, and both times I've come back because I realized everything I wanted was here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I got married here in York County. I mean, I had my kids here in York County. I mean, yeah, that's not a very specific answer. No, but yeah, that, that gives me. A, no, that's a great answer. That's uh we're gonna clip that and we're gonna there you go. <laughs> we're gonna run that one back <laughs> right. over and over again. Um, favorite event in um, in York County. Is there something that you're always looking forward to, whether it's one of the community festivals, um, whether it's a race at Junction Speedway every year, um, York Fest, the sip and stroll. I don't know if you're a big sip and stroll fan. I've not done sip and stroll. Favorite uh, event. Or if you were the holiday festival last week with the yeah, bouncy balls. They do a nice job with that. Yeah. My daughter dances in that every year and those kids are troopers for freezing their tails oh, off and doing that. I couldn't do that. Yeah, they're tougher than yeah. Um, favorite event. I actually think um, Henderson's Community Days is my favorite event. They do a really good job and uh, it always seems to be a weekend where high school buddies and, and friends from growing up come back. And we end up doing enough of the things around town that the kids stay busy all day. And mm-hmm. yeah, I always really enjoy that. That's a good weekend. I heard a lot about their car show and how that's a top-notch yeah. car show. I mean, I think for... it was kind of small when it started. And, and it's gotten to the point where that park is packed. And it's like... They do it along the with the creek there? Yeah, and the, and yeah, the, the little okay. um, Lakeview Park there. Yeah, they got some really cool stuff there every year. That's really cool. Yeah. I need to get over to that. I'm and even though I'm a gearhead, I'm not really a car guy, so it's <laughs> kind of cool to appreciate the. Yeah, appreciate. I know how much work goes into that. So right. I can totally appreciate. Right. There what you those go. guys have done, even if I. You know, you never would want to do a project like that, probably. Well, or would you? I mean. Yeah, my dad and I actually did a hot rod project when I was in high school, and I still have the car. It's a it's a '71 Chevelle, but. Um, it's just foreign to me to build something and then not go on a racetrack and destroy it. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Yeah, like, so you build it and then you just drive it around really slow. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> so, so if there's ever a retirement from racing, maybe that'll be the next project is get that thing out and 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 get it like totally polished up. But and have that entered into the yeah maybe your, that'll yeah. be yeah that should be the next thing definitely. Well, thanks for taking time out of your uh, you know busy day to kind of sit down with me, um, you know, and just have this little conversation. Um, like it'll, it'll be great. Um, it'll help kind of you know share everything that we're going on you know in York County. So um, yeah, thanks for taking time out of your day and sitting down with me. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. This is Seventeen County. A new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.